0: Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game. Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. The quality remains long after the price is forgotten. And that's by Sir Henry Royce. I assume, of the Rolls-Royce brand. (laughs) And another quote for today's topic, in an age of distraction, nothing can feel more luxurious than paying attention. So I want to welcome you again to The Profitable Photographer. I absolutely love sharing with you week after week and creating both my solo episodes like today and interviewing such smart, delightful people. I get to grow and learn along with you, surprisingly, or maybe not surprisingly. That's some of my favorite part of doing this. So today's topic is on luxury. What does it mean? How can we create and communicate it? And why might it be the easiest path to higher income and actually less competition in the business of photography? Before I get started, I'd like to ask you a couple of favors. As of now, this show is a labor of love. I do get some amazing coaching clients that get to know me starting here. And I'm sure you understand it takes a bunch of time and effort. I love doing it. A couple of things you could do for me in return. Number one is to share this. If you're in a photography group, if you have some photography pals, even if you just think of somebody you've heard of that you'd like to share this with, please do so because then that helps it grow and helps me know that people are out there listening, which they are, (laughs) but I always want more. I'm greedy. And then also, I always need great guests. So please message me on Facebook or post in the Profitable Photographer group or send me an email with suggestions for a great guest and why you think they would be amazing. And maybe even give them a little nudge to say, Hey, Lucy is looking for guests. So thank you in advance for doing those two things for me. And now on with the show. (laughs) So I've been pondering this term luxury, and it's been super fun and kind of interesting to think about it. The topic came up in my mastermind group, and we did a round robin of Ideas of what makes something a luxury product and what luxury means. And so some of the things I'll be sharing today are thanks to the group Mind that got together and we all kind of brainstormed. Some of them I did a little bit of research and some of them are just things I know. So just a little background with me. There was a point in my baby photography career where I called myself a boutique portrait studio. And I thought this was a perfect way to communicate how I'm different, the kind of service, the kind of intimacy, custom product, quality, and so forth. And I think that worked really well. Um, But I've found that in the last 10 years or so, maybe 15, because of the digital revolution, and the fact that a lot of moms discovered that they could create some nice portraits and starting businesses, the term boutique started to be used a lot. So it no longer set me apart or made me different, even though my way of doing business is different than a lot of digital photographers who are using the shoot and share model. Now, I'm not saying that. Shoot and share can't have a boutique approach, which I'm not going to go into what I think that means, (laughs) but anywho. So at a certain point, I changed my business name to Lucy Dumas, Fine Photography, because to me, fine photography goes along with fine art, fine jewelry, fine furniture. And I think that term fine actually connotes a certain sense of luxury. So let's think about this together. First of all, what is luxury? Kind of a definition. And when we think about it, a dictionary definition is luxury is a condition of abundance or great ease and comfort, a sumptuous environment, something that adds to pleasure or comfort, but is not absolutely necessary. Like this is one of life's luxuries. It is the opposite of necessity. And now I have to say that the more I experience kind of luxury with certain things, it feels like a necessity. Like I just love great sheets and pillows and comfortable chairs and nice fabrics and well, sheets are fabrics, but uh, fabrics of clothes and, and things like that. And so I've kind of spoiled myself, but they are luxuries. So question is, why do people want luxuries? Do people spend on luxuries? Of course they do. And when you think about it, what is a luxury to you? And why would you spend money on it? Why would you, let's say, have the luxury of a really nice meal out as opposed to going through a drive-thru or having rice and beans? Every day, it, besides variety, of course, what is that quality? What is that? You know, it's just hard to even talk about what is that ugh, draw as a human where we want some things that bring us joy and pleasure that don't necessarily result in something tangible. So in bringing this up, I, I want you to be thinking about in a photography business, why offering a luxury experience, luxury products, whatever that definition might be, however you're going to present it to the world, why you can do that? Why will people pay more when they can go somewhere and have photographs taken for significantly less or take their own? So now that we have a definition, I want to talk about the value to us as photographers and business owners of branding ourselves as a luxury business. So number one, in my experience in this industry, there is always room at the top. The people who create beautiful portraits and give their clients the best experience with really super clear branding, they, they usually have no trouble finding clients that will invest well and are thrilled to work with them, share about them with their friends and family and come back year after year. So number one, less competition. There's something about humans where we want to treat ourselves. We want to have something special or have a memorable experience. And something that I found interesting that kind of proves my point. I was at the mall this year Well during the pandemic, there were still limited people allowed in stores, and we could go out and about, but we needed to all social distance. And it wasn't the richest mall, like, you know, like the downtown LA, oh Rodeo Drive, that's what I'm thinking of. It's a nice mall, but it's in the middle of San Diego, where all demographic of people can go, they don't have to go out of their way. And I was a little bit surprised, and not surprised that the line, for the luxury stores like Tiffany's, Gucci, and Dolce Gabbana were long, like looked like an hour wait for people, and they were just comfortably hanging out and waiting. And right below Tiffany's is a K jeweler, which has fine jewelry. I've purchased things there as well. I do not think of them as a luxury jewelry store. And there are other stores that offer similar products to Gucci and Dolce Gabbano that had no lines or one or two people in line. And the question I want you to ask yourself is why? There's so many layers of why. It starts with creating a really, really strong brand and also having a consistency. And we'll get into that more, the the why or the, the how, but think about the value to the company at being positioned as the luxury brand and how they can charge more for things that are not necessarily better quality, but there's the perceived value of it. One of the things that being seen as a luxury business and actually having a luxury business does in my experience is it creates customer loyalty and that reduces competition. So for example, Apple products, I've used PCs for years. And my first Apple computer, it was like, suddenly I was an addict. And there's so many reasons about that, that Apple and Mac computers just fit me. They go with my brain. There's a simplicity of use and uh, consistency in so many ways. So they have a loyal client in me that when I want something new, I'm not Thinking, which brand do I want, but which is the best version of the Apple product that I'm shopping for that I want. In photography, we have now, you know, there are some new things coming out and mirrorless and so forth. But in my experience over the last many years in the digital world, Canon and Nikon pretty much have positions themselves in that higher quality brand. I know there are some of you listening that may absolutely love other camera brands, but I think I have to agree, or you don't have to, but (laughs) please agree with me, she said. Um, (laughs) I know I'm in a silly mood tonight. Uh, That Those two, like, I like Canon, I like Nikon, I like Canon, I like Nikon. There's there's a lot of um, conversation about which one of those two you prefer. And So they get that benefit of having become considered at the top in the industry. Now, some people purchase luxury products to have bragging rights, and that can be a reason to position ourselves as a luxury brand because certainly charging more and having people see what we do as status can help with our success. This can be a very positive strategy. If these are the clients that you enjoy serving and you can fit this. I personally am not someone that is drawn to status conscious people. And I, I have an environment that's comfortable. You may figure it out just by my personality. If you've been listening to my podcast is I wouldn't know how to create the Rolls Royce of photography branding, because it doesn't fit me. But it certainly is valid. And I have friends who absolutely their studios, the way they dress, their positioning in their community, it is a status symbol. And you know, that can lead to more money, more money, more money, and happy clients and lots of referrals. So We've talked about definition and why it's a great idea to think about how to create luxury product. Now let's talk a little bit, number three, about some of the things that my group came up with that create a luxury experience. So a quote from Angelo Bonatti. I like that Italian luxury is attention to detail originality, exclusivity, and above all quality. I think that fits it perfectly. And then another quote by Lapo Elkin is real luxury is customization. Exclusivity, rarity, perception that something is artistic, excellence in design and quality is a part of luxury. I was looking at the Tiffany's website to see in answer to my question, what makes Tiffany a luxury brand? And they have a lot of designs I have never seen before. And I imagine people who are Tiffany fans would recognize. So if someone was wearing one of these rings that have this little interesting style to it, their friend would know that's Tiffany's or their friend might say, wow, that's a cool ring. And then the person wearing it might say, yes, it's from Tiffany's. So having something unique that everybody in the world is not offering is something that sets a brand apart. Personal service, the environment, creating a level of trust that we're going to produce something wonderful. So think about for you, what makes something feel luxurious or high-end or even a boutique? So there's also in my mind, a perception that a luxury experience would have an element of pampering. Like one of my coaching clients provides robes for her boudoir clients and people often have treats and snacks. One of the shops I like to go to regularly always ask me if I want a water. And uh, sometimes I go, yeah, I didn't even realize I was so thirsty. But that those little extras, those kind of go in the how to communicate or create the, the experience. But, you know, think about for you, if you've had a really great experience, what did they do? To live up to that, what is the reputation that gets created behind that? I I find it's kind of tricky to talk about all of this, but I'm just going to jump into the number four, which is how we create or communicate that this is a luxury brand, and maybe more will come out <laughs> with that. Uh, that kind of is a little more cohesive. So here's a quote I like. I'm convinced that there can be luxury and simplicity. And that's by Jill Sander. And when I think about brands that I know or imagine are high end, they often have a really clear, simple niche where you know what they do. And the whole design and the whole experience is not cluttered. There's not too many choices. I'm thinking about Um, if you've ever been to a a cheesecake factory, there's, you know, that's a great place to go. Lots of yummy food. The the menu is like 40,000 pages long and it's really confusing to try to figure out what would be the best thing to order. Whereas if you go to a high-end restaurant and they have a printed menu from the day or even a chalkboard, and they've got like 10 things on the menu, that feels pretty high end and custom. And the simplicity of it implies to me that each thing is going to be crafted well. Another thing, and this kind of goes with it, but a certain uniformity in presentation can go a long way to communicate that what we're offering has high value. And one of the experiences I had A friend of mine went to the Laguna Art Festival in California, and it is this wonderful presentation. I'm not going to go into the play and what that's about that they show in the evening, but they have a beautiful, like an indoor-outdoor environment, and you have to be juried to get into the art festival, into that part. And there are photographers and painters and sculptors and jewelers and all kinds of art that people purchase, and it's up for the whole summer, at least it is pre-COVID days. (laughs) And my friend and I kept studying each presentation and what made it feel expensive. And what we noticed was that there was a, first of all, the framing, if there were frames, they were the same frame or at least the same tones. Or they didn't have one that was matte and glass and one that was black metal and one that was wood and then gallery wrap. They stuck to a basic presentation. And generally, like with photographers, if they were showing black and whites, the whole thing was black and white or half was black and white and half was color. And the color had certain tones and themes that were similar. So across the street is... A big tent where there are other artists selling their creations and they have booths like you'd have in a, uh, a home show. What Abby and I noticed is that the presentations in those had a lot more variety, big ones, small ones, cards, kind of trinkets, things printed on keychains, uh, all different kinds of frames, different subjects. And honestly, the work was equally good in those because you do have to be jury but it's not as high of a standard. And it just became so clear to both of us that presentation goes a long, long way in communicating our value. The other thing is the logo designs had much more... Kind of classic simplicity to them, for the ones that were in the the nicer area and presenting our brand and our value. There's a there's a refinement when we're getting to that higher um, higher perceived value that that communication that we are a luxury. Also in the group we were talking about the difference between the department store called Nordstrom and their discount. Store called The Rack. They have the same clothes. So it isn't about quality at all. But I would spend a lot more money and a lot more time in the Nordstrom department store. I love that store because, first of all, they give personal service in a way that doesn't feel like they're following you around. (laughs) The place is spacious, it's easy to see what they have. There's nice, quiet music. They used to have a piano player that was lovely because as you went up and down the elevator escalators, you could you could hear the music. Something I never realized, but one of the members of my mastermind group mentioned is that often the clerk, once you purchase something, they walk around and hand you the bag. There's carpet. They offer water. There's even a, a subtle smell that's a Nordstrom fragrance that I notice when I get home and and open up a bag that there's this little something that smells like Nordstrom. When we go to the rack, it's crowded. There's no help. Kind of everything's all jumbled together. There's so many products. The floors are hard. It's noisy. There's long, long lines to check out and more than once I've actually grabbed a few things. I thought, oh yeah, I'll buy that. And notice the line was so long. I just, I just walked out. So the it's not just the products. Although having quality products is important. Following through, having things printed beautifully, being the person that follows it and makes sure everything is just right, all of that goes into it. Also. How things are priced. So, if we're using the Nordstrom example, at Nordstrom department store, things are usually priced ending in zeros or multiples of 25. And at the rack, it might be 97 or 47 or 49. So, how we price, how we actually do the numbers makes a perception difference. Now, certainly, if you want people to think, $499, $499 is less than 500. Um, You know, there's no shame in that. I'm just suggesting that how we present a price list to people, and what the numbers look like, make a difference. Same with restaurants, Denny's versus a nice gourmet restaurant. Gourmet restaurant usually doesn't have, you know, something's 42 or 37 cents. They usually don't even do pennies. So think about that. And also what we're charging can affect the perception. I have had the experience where I looked up a photographer that I, maybe was somebody was in a mentioning something in a Facebook group. And I thought, oh, I wonder what their photography is like. And it was magnificent, almost brought me to tears. And then I clicked on their pricing, and the pricing was so low that that almost made me cry too. <laughs> because, first of all, when we're doing great work, we deserve to be paid for it. It also made me question whether that photographer is actually able to do the work that they display, or if it was maybe done at design photo shoots and not with real customers, made me wonder if the experience was going to be complete, or if there was something that wasn't quite living out the promise that the rest of the branding and everything was making. So we can, we can hurt our brand by not charging well for what we do. Another example of that is, oh gosh, now I'm three malls. So yeah, I guess I do sometimes go to the mall. (laughs) So I was in another mall and one of those kiosks, she handed me some face cream in a little packet and the display was beautiful. And the name of it was something with the word diamond in it. And like one jar was like $150 or more. And so I took it home and I put it on and it was wonderful. And so I thought, I wonder if I can find this just on the internet. And I found the exact same product for $20. So did that tell me that maybe this product wasn't all that it's cracked up to be? Now, of course I did buy one and it was the same, but um, being really careful in how we price things can communicate luxury or can kind of let the air out of that perception that we build so carefully with everything else. Another way that we communicate our value is words that we use. I love Jeffrey Shaw's book, Lingo. He has two episodes because going back, uh, it's probably longer than a year, but there was so much goodness in talking about his book that I split it into two. And he talks about how what we dress like the words that we use, everything is in the the language that communicates to the client we want to attract. So words like, I don't say photo or hang things or shoot things. I say photograph and display and things like that. Now, not every time, but um, I'm mindful of the words I use both in print and coming out of my mouth, that they're communicating. For example, if someone sends an email, can you tell me a little, what do you call, how much is an eight by 10? My response is, I would love to chat. That's a word I use, chat, um, that communicates that I'm kind of friendly. And okay, so I'd love to have a quick chat, find out more about you, what you might be looking for. And then I'll be able to give you a better idea of what you might expect to invest. And it's that word invest that I'm highlighting here. So that tells somebody, oh, this is a photographer where it's going to be an investment. Now, does that up their desire? Potentially. Does that tell them maybe she's not in my price range? Potentially, but I want to communicate that they'll be making investments in something that is a lifetime treasure. Another way that we communicate our value is how we dress and we don't have to wear prom dresses and tuxedos, but I've mentioned before that having a level of professionalism, especially during sales and consultations and so forth. And Now, also, if we're doing Zoom calls, what our background looks like, what the lighting is like. So the visual presentation of us is important. Another is our packaging and the design of our logo, the colors, the website, textures. When I worked with a branding specialist, she talked about how because my product has a handmade quality to it that we wanted the the business card and the paper to have a a really nice kind of a not a rustic feeling but but kind of a handmade paper feeling and when people get my business card first they go ooh with how it feels and then they look at the the logo and then they look on the back and they see a photograph that communicates my brand. Well, Um, let's see another part of this luxury brand that we're building is thinking about where we market to is thinking about where our ideal clients are. When I work with people, one-on-one coaching, we do a breakdown of ideal clients and specifically we think about the neighborhoods where the most likely people that would value what we do have the income for it and appreciate the quality and and such where they hang out, where do they live? Not saying that I'm not delighted to work with people from every part of San Diego, but when I'm spending my time and money marketing, I'm looking for Areas in my community where my ideal client is going to notice what I'm doing. So, of course, our environment, our decor is important. I really admire some of my friends like Brad Counselor, who his studio has very classic furniture, gold frames. He does family portraits and they're they're classically posed. And I imagine it smells good in there. He always has a nice press dress shirt on. Even if he's wearing jeans, he's got really nice shoes. And I think his jeans are pressed. (laughs) And now that environment fits him. There are lovely environments that can be more casual, more open. If you love a space that's light and airy and your photography is light and airy, You can have a very simple whites and beiges and cream, grays, simple, simple environment that feels expensive, even as it's not formal. Some of the other ways we communicate are how we treat our clients and phone calls to talk, phone calls to handle problems, phone calls in response to inquiries, and even phone calls after we've delivered the final product to check in with them on a regular basis that communicates our value as a custom luxury service and sending thank you cards and gifts goes a long way towards that as well. I have mentioned before that when I purchased my luxury bed, it's latex and it's wonderful. And the the place I purchased it from was like a case study of what I'm talking about right now. And they sent me a lovely thank you gift that was kind of like full of spa items. And I still remember it and I'm talking about it. And I've been sleeping on that bed um, all year long, going back just before the pandemic. (laughs) So let's see, is there anything else? I'm sure there's a million more things. Of course, to me, the core is having the best photography we can create. That doesn't mean the best photography that exists, but that we're always striving to create beautiful images and a wonderful experience, friendliness. that to me is luxury too where we we help people feel super comfortable and trusting us and that we're we're studying, Art and design, and all of that, like that cut above of what you expect from a fine artist, fine jeweler, anything well crafted. We expect that there has been a lot of training and study that goes into creating those things. At least I know I do. So, of course, in no way is this the end all be all of expressing how to give clients an amazing experience and helping them understand and want to spend good money on what we do. Um, little sideline, when we're charging well, people actually enjoy our product more. I think that people who purchase a Tiffany ring for 1500 that maybe at another store would be 800 there's a certain pleasure in having made an investment where you feel like it's worth it because of the whole package that you the bragging rights. If that's, if you're into that, the experience, all of it is all wrapped up in that item. So I know, and I'm sure you're the same. When people see the portraits that you've created for them, What I want them to think about is what the entire experience was, how they felt about us, how they felt about the service we gave, how their children felt, what the whole process was like. I want it to be memorable so that they're not just enjoying the photographs, but they're enjoying the memories of what it took to get there. So I would love to hear what you all have to say about luxury and your thoughts on that. I think I've said that word about a thousand times now. So, um, and again, please share this podcast with your friends and please let me know who you might enjoy having um, me kind of get into a great conversation with, and that is it for now. So have a great day. Bye now.